This is the Shape America podcast, hosted by Colin Brooks and Matt Pomeroy, making 50 million strong by 2029. Hi, and welcome to the Shape America podcast. Well, the podcast team has been super busy finishing up the school year and getting ready for some new summer episodes of the Shape America podcast for your listening pleasure and continual professional development. While you're waiting for a new episode, here's an all-time favorite episode on PE teacher leadership with Jessica Shaw. Enjoy! Hey everyone, welcome to the Shape America podcast. I'm your co-host Colin Brooks. Today is a special episode and who you're listening to right now is a fantastic middle school health and physical education teacher by the name of Jessica Shawley. Jessica Shawley has been a fantastic example and is a fantastic example of what it is to be a teacher leader. Today's conversation will be based upon what teacher leadership is and how to become a teacher leader. And I thought there was no one better to talk to besides someone like Jessica Shawley, who's been doing it throughout her whole career, everyone. So today we're going to have the opportunity to not only have an interview with Jessica, but also listen to some awesome audio uh, reflection journals that she did on a daily basis for us, as well as some live audio, which you were just listening to, um, from the Oregon Shape Conference, where she was actually working with teachers to help them improve their professional practices. Without further ado, everyone, I'm going to take you to that interview that I was lucky to have of Jessica. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me back again, Colin. I'm really excited to um, to be here and be sharing this and sharing perspectives on teacher leadership in physical education. And I am I'm Jessica Shawley. I teach at Moscow Middle School in Moscow, Idaho, and I've been there. 12 to 13 years now. It's my first teaching job and I haven't left. It's a wonderful, wonderful place, a great school. And I am the department chair for the health and physical education department in the middle school. I serve on the district-wide wellness committee. I am also on our leadership team for our um, our district-wide health and physical education department and especially taking a leadership role with our grant writing and our PEP grant currently and our curriculum development. And then I also am on the Northwest District Leadership Council for Shape America. And um, some past leadership roles in our profession include Idaho Board as a representative and then also serving as president um, and past president in planning our state conference. So that's just some of my background with um, teacher leadership. And I have a, a master's in curriculum instruction from the University of Idaho, and I also have my national board certification. Awesome. So obviously, you've done a lot and you love what you do, which is great, which I think is a you know driving force for, for being a teacher and, and for being you know a teacher leader. So you know, the idea behind this for me was that I'm noticing, you know, teachers within other subject areas, um, 
being able to to really focus on what teacher leadership is and you know i wanted to bring more light of it to it that is uh you know to physical education what does it look like to be you know a, a physical education teacher leader and just have a conversation um with you about that so jessica could you what how would you define what it is to be um a teacher leader um a teacher leader to me is well, there's, there's two important parts to that is, is that teacher and then leader in that almost, I guess, just thinking off the cuff here with, um, you know, when you say student athlete, right, you're the, you're the student part comes first and then the athlete part and the teacher leadership kind of goes hand in hand. So we want to be a quality teacher first, but then that also means that you, you have to be a leader. You're in there leading your kids, you're leading the charge in your classroom and, um, with it, with regards to physical education and probably anything, but especially physical education is what we do in the gym doesn't just stay in the gym. We want it to be emulated outside of the gym. We want to connect with this, with the students and their families and, um, that whole school vision. So that comprehensive school physical activity program. So if we're going to do that as teacher leaders in physical education, then we we've got to get outside our own gym doors. All right, so we had our fun run today, and um, I must say it went really well. I I always am more nervous and worried about what could go wrong rather than uh, all the things that go right, and I think that's pretty typical for anyone who plans and puts on events. We're always the ones behind the scenes, and we get worried about every little thing that might go wrong or could go wrong and preparing for that, and I just, I'm so proud of my school and proud of my students, and proud of our staff for coming together to provide just a fun day for our kids and uh, it was neat to see the leadership class kids this year they took over the um, the format even more so we're handing over the the ownership and the organization of the event to students because it's about the students and it's for them and to empower them to help them we have to participate in our school community. We have to participate in our outside community. And so that teacher leadership part kind of uh, brings that all together for me. And, you know, leadership in general, for me, some of the quick things that I think about are is you get what you give. And and so what can I, can I be giving? Um, because that always comes around full circle for me in the end. And, and so that time and effort that I'm putting in there, um, you know, to be that change agent, to be a solutions finder, to be a risk taker and, um, and, and to really, um, that that's what teacher leadership kind of in a nutshell briefly means to me. Just a follow up to that, like, you know, it seems like someone that's accomplished a lot like yourself, um, could have chosen to at this point maybe you know move, like move out of the classroom um, or you know become an administrator what what makes you want and desire to stay a leader but stay in the classroom at the same time oh that's a good question I uh, I I think it still it drives me every day that I, I'm passionate about being in there with the kids and I, I'm just not ready for that transition um, I I don't know where that might take me down the road in the end, but I really, I really love my everyday job. I love, I love connecting with the kids. I love my, my mission right now with being with the students 
and helping them develop a healthy, physically active lifestyle. And then I like my leadership roles in supporting other pieces of the process, collaborating with our university, working on a comprehensive school physical activity program, um, I'm working on our school wellness committee. Those those things I feel like I can still contribute to and contribute to well. And and so that's that's where I'm really making my mark and my impact. And I don't I don't want to move on from that yet. I'm not ready for that. I um I enjoy where I'm at right now and um I I want to relish in that and enjoy that and um take it kind of um, one day at a time as far as like where that future might go of, of getting into administration. I know a lot of people do that. Um, I'm just, I'm just not there yet, I guess. So it, it must all come differently for everybody else. Cause there's really no right and wrong in that. I'm just really enjoying being at um, this part of my career, the 12 or 13 years in and, um, and, and leading in a variety of different ways and, and pushing forward from the role that I'm at and, and working with admin to still accomplish all these goals and have a vision to push the profession forward. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think that's awesome. And I think a big movement from, from, uh, organizations like national board, um, certified teaching, um, certified teachers, um, and other associations and organizations as well as like, you can do all these things. You can be a leader, but you don't have to leave the classroom and I think that as teachers, when you when you're a leader, a lot of times you feel that that pressure um, to okay, I, I have you know other people say hey, they they recognize these leadership skills within you, and they feel that you should probably move on to the next thing. Where this is kind of flipping that, being like, hey, you know what, you can do all those leadership positions, and you can have the type of leadership impact you want, but you can also have it on your students because you know as as you and I know that's. That's why we're doing what we're doing, and that's you know that's why we chose to be teachers is because we wanted to work with youth and students. Uh, so I just think that's really cool. So yeah, I think that's well said, and I still think there's also a lot too within that of supporting the current leadership you have, so that 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 can can be even more completely enhanced. So my service to my school, who's a high performing school, and our our great administration and leadership already. If I can support that even more and enhance that with my leadership skills, then our schools are going to benefit even, even more fold forward. So it really is nice. I like how you said it where, because I, I do believe that more and more people are being encouraged um, to take on leadership roles and still stay within the classroom. You know, schools are also giving out even like leadership stipends and supporting teachers in that, in that, in that way. Now that's not always, always the case, but in our area, we, um, we are having that, um, ability in some ways. And so that's nice to, when you are taking on some additional leadership responsibilities to get compensated a little bit for that little bit extra, cause they're recognizing that. And I think that all helps keep driving things forward so that people do stay in the classroom to make that impact as well as continue to serve in all those other capacities. All right. So speaking of teacher, teacher leadership, um, so I found uh, there's this association called ASCD, um, and that's kind of that's actually the name that they go by. They've they've shortened their name and they've just left it at that. Um, and they've they provide a lot of resources for teacher leadership, and they really believe in it. And um, they ha- have an article that lists the ten roles of what a teacher uh, leader is. 
Um, and I just wanted to quick, quickly go through those and what they were. And then, um, Jessica, I wanted you to talk about, you know, m maybe some of these that you fit or, or maybe even some other ones as well. So um, the roles they have listed are uh, a resource provider, an instructional specialist, a curriculum specialist, a classroom supporter, a learning facilitator, a mentor, a school leader, a data coach, a catalyst for change, and a learner so I mean there's tons of different ways that you can learn and that just I really liked what they did because it kind of really laid it out what what we could do um, and the different roles that you can have as a teacher leader and how many different yeah how many varieties of different roles you can have yeah the, it's a great list because um, I think as teachers um, you know as the, as the years go on your your role can change and everyone can be a leader in some way. And sometimes you're leading a little bit more or following a bit more or you're following in one way and leading in another. And so there's a lot of different hats that we wear as teachers from our teaching responsibilities to committee work to coaching. I mean, I mean we do it all. And um, it the, the 10 roles that they listed are really great. So for myself, I definitely, the resource provider is one of those ones that I, I really enjoy. I'm a connector. I'm a solutions finder. If um, if someone has a need I'm and they come to me for, for help or we're trying to think of solutions for and think outside the box for our curriculum or a program or on a committee, that I, I love brainstorming for that. And I love trying to, to connect people and, and help them with things. So that's one of my favorite ones probably. And I know that... Um, my participation in the association really fuels that on um, staying connected on social media and, and doing my professional reading. Those are all just things I'm filing away and taking note on and connecting people with this grant or that or these ideas. Uh, that, that one I really enjoy, those resources, because there's so many out there. And then again, then it's finding that balance on too many resources. Need to unplug. That's too much because then I, I, I just can't remember it. But um, I really do love the, the resource provider stuff, sharing professional articles, looking for new lessons or unit plans. Of course, that's what I was kind of doing is checking out a new website that was recommended before we got online here, Colin. And I was just like, oh, I can't wait to share this with my colleagues. So that just kind of makes me laugh. Um, for the instructional specialist or curriculum specialist, I'd say partly some of that. I wear those different hats at times. Um, you know, especially on our, our work days and we're doing some curriculum mapping in our school. And so we have to, uh, my, I have a great team. So we really, um, we take turns in that leadership aspect. We kind of, we do that all together. We're sharing different ideas and what's been effective for us. And then really trying to break down our curriculum and how to plan that instruction. So, um, it's neat to see how, in a department, how everyone can lead in different ways and has different ideas. And then um, some of the other roles you mentioned that for me is the, the mentoring piece, mentoring new staff members, um, mentoring the university students that we collaborate with, and they're going to be those future physical education teachers. I really enjoy having those future students in our classroom and sharing our space with them and um, learning from them and having them learn from 
myself and, um, you know, having a student teacher has always been a great experience for me. And I look forward to having one again here this um, coming spring. And it's a lot of uh, work, but it's, it's very beneficial work. And I really look forward to it. And then, um, the school leader, that's definitely one for that, that I end up filling a lot of roles on that from our wellness committee to our leadership committee and just um, putting in those time in those after school meetings and the department chair work and um, just keeping that to-do list running and also um, what's the vision for our school and how can our physical education department support that vision. Again, we want to be present on committees. We want to have a voice on those committees because we are a part of the whole school initiative. And um, that all started a long time ago from volunteering for a lot of committees and and getting involved in showing that um, health and physical education has a role as part of the as part of the whole child um, education process. And then the last two that you mentioned, the catalyst for change and learner, definitely for me, um, you know, those that catalyst for change, always thinking what what's our vision as a school, what's our vision as a program. And I think that then it's about making it happen. So how can we um, plant some seeds and um, and help those things come to pro, um, fruition and asking questions I mean, we're already um, trying to meet with our administrator now about next year for our um, programming regarding, you know, our school size and, you know, our class size changes and how does, how do we think our, our programming might be impacted? What do we need to be doing? And it's having those conversations so we can start wrapping our head around it now and, and making those plans. And then um, the last one, that learner one, um, kind of goes hand in hand with that resource provider as well. And I think teachers are great ab- about this is that, you know, we are lifelong learners. That's why we're, that's why we're teachers. And so um, I hope I never get stuck in a rut. I'm always learning and I really enjoy that. And so that really helps, you know, my students achieve and it's that growth mindset because I, I never have all the answers and I'm definitely not afraid to make mistakes. So, um, cause if, if I don't try it, then, then what, you know, I just, then there's no change at all. So I thought those were 10 great roles and something for people to look at. And if they haven't taken some leadership, um, roles yet, it's a great list for people to consider to see, well, where can I support this list and, or who can I go to that's doing this in my building and, um, how can I partner with them or be mentored by somebody in this role? Cause I, cause curriculum really speaks to me or instructional strategies speak to me or the data stuff speaks to me. I mean, everyone has their strengths and, um, and weaknesses. So how can I make my strengths even better? And that's supporting and finding those leadership roles. And then those weaknesses of those are those people who can help me in those areas. So definitely a great list for people to, um, to take a read of on that article. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I'm glad that I found it. Um, so I think an often you hit on these so well, but often an underrated one can be that school leader role. And what you had to say about that was great. I mean, the more that we provide for our building, the more we are advocating for what we do. And um, I think that's so important. And on top of that, we're going to be in those conversations um, as a school leader that are important, right? And when we're when we're not present in those conversations, decisions can be made um, 
that impact physical education within our within our buildings and um, when we're there and we can say hey actually you know what that doesn't really work um, as a specialist or some things that aren't normally thought about so I think that that's a, a kind of an underrated role as a physical education teacher and you know I really want to encourage all our colleagues to to be in those conversations and um, to be that be that voice for physical education and for the buildings so um, yeah definitely a, a great list and um, it's awesome to hear about all the great things you're doing Jessica um, so kind of moving on and shifting gears to another question so obviously being a leader is is can be you know a kind of a delicate process um, especially you know as a colleague um, as a peer a peer leader is kind of difficult so for those of us that are listening and listening in what kind of advice would you give um, to to everyone about leading your colleagues um, on a daily basis within your building or maybe, you know, even at the state level or, you know, any, any type of leadership? I think that's, that's a great question. Cause I think, um, you're right. It, it can be difficult. And I think we have to remember that, um, how are we connecting with people first off and foremost on a relational level? So we're all very, very busy. And I really respect this as a teacher. I, I've, I've always been busy, so how can I, as a teacher leader, help everyone juggle their responsibilities and what what part of the burden can I shoulder and because they're shouldering other parts so that we all are working together and feel equally yoked and um, can can work to our strengths and help keep things really efficient and support one another through it all. I don't want anyone to feel that they're doing you know, too much or working harder than someone else and that someone's not um, on doing their fair share of the work. But there are peers, there are, there are colleagues, they're, they're all here for the same reason and that's for the kids. So um, like a quick statement someone had said a long time ago was never assume ill will, you know, and with the technology age with emails, emails take out of play all those important characteristics of communication. You can't, um, you can't read into somebody's body language or their tone when they're writing an email and we're so email driven and quick to email. So, you know, I, I try, really try to never criticize or complain the email. I'll document things I'll always go straight to the source when I have a concern in a very loving and respectful way. Um, you know, especially with my administrator, okay, this, this is going on in the gym again with after our users, this is impacting us, what can we do about it? And it's always a, a team effort, a we thing, not a you thing, not a me thing. It's it's a it's a we're in this together. So and there's also a lot of a lot of grace that has to be extended because every everyone is wearing so many hats. We always have so many roles. So again, it's it's building those relationships and those rapport with one another and then keeping those because we're not always going to agree all the time, but we have to come to a compromise. And so when it can be a positive thing for the students in the end, and I know sometimes for others, they're not in that um, situation, you know, maybe that I have now, but it's, it's never always been easy. I've worked with plenty of people over many years and, um, 
I don't know, it, it, it takes time. <laughs> it really does. It really takes time. But for me, it came down to building relationships with people first and understanding that relational level and what are all the things that we have in common? How can we embrace all those things that we have in common? Because when you talk about what our common ground is and our common vision and then working together on those things that we can accomplish together, then a lot of times it's a lot more uh, it's a lot easier to compromise on the more difficult things and then having um, department-wide goals and things to chip away at. So it's it's definitely a difficult and delicate process. I am very, very thankful that I have such um, tremendous colleagues and we're able to compromise on things. We're able to throw out ideas and then and go something and document another way. And so we'll have those ideas for later, but this is what we're going with now. And, um, and I would just encourage people to not give up. You can't th just throw your hands up and say, well, they're too difficult. I can't do this. I mean, maybe really your body language and your tone or Maybe there's been some things in the past that have been or written in the past via email that people are hanging on to. And those are those are questions you have to ask about. And again, that's then that bottom line of that relationship. So um, and it's it's not only in your department, but with your entire school community as well. So I think that's why it's helpful to volunteer on school committees, because sometimes people have the wrong idea of what health and physical education is. And if you're coming in as a new staff member, it's, um, you know, you're taking over an, uh, someone's former program and you're wanting it to become your own program. And so how do you connect with people to to share with them, this is my vision for my program. And I'm really thankful for the program that I'm building upon. And here's where I'm going to take it now. And then having empathy for other situations. I mean, people might look at our job and say, Oh, you have the best job in the world. So easy, blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> I think that just cracks me up. Cause I'm like, well, what's your caseload? Here's mine. <laughs> you know, and they're like, Oh, I didn't realize how many kids you had. Yeah, I have I have at least 30% more kids and I care just as much about every single one of those kids as you do yours, you know, and so let's not talk about who's putting in quote unquote more or less effort, you know, that, that judgment has to go, has to go out because we are in PE, we're, we're become we're becoming leaders in our district with the mastery based grading, the standards based grading, because that's something we've always done that performance stuff and that speaks to us. So for us to be getting this training in our district through our PEP grant on that, it's become pretty neat to be able to share that at staff meetings or for administrators share that while well, the physical education department is working on this. They're like, what? You know, it's like, yeah, we're here and we're contributing. But again, leading that in a delicate, in a delicate manner with um, enthusiasm and pride for what we're doing, but not pointing fingers. We, again, we're on this together and, and, God, it's that's I guess that's some of the best advice I can give and some of the things that I've done because it is it is such a journey and um and people can change and teams can change for the better and you have to stay positive on that and you have to be a positive part of it. It's just like the the lunchroom advice that you know we give all beginning teachers is be a positive part of the lunchroom and if the lunchroom's a negative place you have to go find a positive place or go connect with that positive person and um, and so that you're not sucked into that negativity. Granted, we all need that constructive criticism and the constructive mindset. There's just a big difference in getting stuck in that negativity. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think you're you're right uh, on all those things. I think that those relationships, they, you can't give up on them, and so, you know they take. Sometimes they take years and years to form, and um, and you know it's something that you should never give up on, and it just it takes time and energy. But the the positive outlook that you have definitely makes the, all the difference in the world. I mean, uh, we obviously can't control our our colleagues or you know anyone um, their behavior, but we can definitely control what the way that, that we're handling it and our, our outlook. So, um, definitely some good advice is just you know approaching things as a leader with your colleagues um, and and um, the gaining and garnering that respect from them as you go along and coming alongside them as opposed to telling them <laughs> the way that they should do things because that's that doesn't always go well especially for younger teachers maybe to older teachers and so forth yeah absolutely I mean I've, I've just come across so many situations or seen or observed where it's all a miscommunication in the end again of one person reading another person the wrong way and then the reactions to that. So I think a bit those are all important learning processes. And then for me, for me as well, I mean, this is a, an ongoing thing. And I'm, I, again, I'm just so thankful for the team that I have now and the school I have now and, and, um, or that it, it has become, we've, I've really been there 12 or 13 years and it's, it's a, it's a pretty awesome thing, but it does, it does take time and sticking with it. So, um, the next question I have for you, Jessica, is so what what exactly inspired you to become so professionally involved? You know, you you talked about a lot of things that you did at the beginning um, and, you know, you're an amazing teacher, but an amazing leader as well. So what what was the thing that just kind of lit your fire and continues to? Hmm. <laughs> um, well, that I think. For me, like that professional engagement is, I think it's that, um, what I say is that it's that make it or bake it, make it or break it practice of sustaining, um, you know, a, a, my career really. And so it's, it's what, it's what sustains me. And so my, my level of professional engagement again, is that make it or break it practice of developing and maintaining a successful career. So it, it's a, it's a lifelong journey for me. It never ends. It's a practice. It's not just a goal, you know, it's not a means to an end and it's definitely an ever evolving process for me. And that's how I feel like I can contribute best to my profession overall. I, th I feel like I have, you know, some leadership qualities, organizational qualities, um, a willingness to, to try new things and then to share how they've gone. We went and presented to our school board. So this was just in, from September to December. How cool is it to stand in front of your school board and say, all the third through eighth graders have gone around the world one time. That's just in those four months. We taught them how to put them on. We showed them what they did. This is not your grandma's PE anymore kind of thing. And they were just blown away. They thought it was pretty cool. And that was all from a simple re, um, reporting um, system here. So um, as we go through this more, what's nice is I did a and, webinar um, And so, so that's having that kind of mindset and then having those that have gone before me, though, I think that's been the most important part. Those who have gone before me have turned around and said, come, come with me. Come along with me. You have these skills. Um, we see this in you. We could really use your energy and enthusiasm. 
come on, we need you. We're going to mentor you along. So there's been um, people before me, my um, college coach who was a teacher and um, former coworkers now retired. They just, they really built into me, whether it was small comments or bringing me along on committees or bringing me to conferences and without their work before me, you know, where, where would we be? And so um, I just, I was, I'm one of those people where instead of complaining, <laughs> I'm going to do something about it. And if I'm not going to do something about it, then I can't complain about it. <laughs> so, cause otherwise it's just wasted energy. And then my bucket is what either I'm going to fill my bucket and fill other people's bucket. I definitely don't want to drain my own bucket and poke holes in my own or in others. So it's kind of like, that's, that's just what's inspired me, I guess, to become professionally involved is that that's how I'm going to make or break my career. And I want to make it just like every day with my students. I'm there. It can be a make it or break it day for them. Where are they at? I've got to meet them where they're at. Here's my learning goals. Sometimes they're not even ready for those learning goals, but how can I meet them where they are? And um, I really am, am thankful for those who have been the leaders before me and have brought our profession to where it is and um, my school to where it is. So it's not just at a national level, but it's at our building level, our district level. And um, like my, I've had great administrators, administrators who um, had become my superintendents and they've just always been so supportive of me and my energy, enthusiasm and my vision and forward thinking. They let me try new things. They let me make mistakes. They let, they gave me feedback on it. I know I can um, trust these people to say, what can I do to get better? And I really, really want to know. So, but that inspires me to move forward because if not me, then who? And that doesn't mean I have to do everything. That's not what I mean. But what I mean is if those before us hadn't done something, even that power of one concept, that one little thing, you don't have to wear a billion hats. You can wear just one to support the profession and do just one thing. You know, that stands for committee work, at serving on your shape association boards. If everyone just did one little thing sometimes, holy cow, would it make that association or committee work go so much faster and, and get things done. So um, those things inspire me to continue to be involved. And that's what got me involved. And then also that that foundation of it all was relationships. Again, those people bringing me along, connecting with me, inspiring me, and um, showing me what being a teacher was all about and what it was doing for those students. And, and people built relationships with me and have maintained those. And I, I honor those and honor our profession by um, staying involved at the level that works for me. And that also leads into, I'm not afraid to say no as much anymore too, because if we do get spread too thin, then we're not as effective as we can be. And that's scary in and of itself. Cause I hate to say, I'm going to do something and then not follow through on it. And, um, so that that's kind of where I'm at and why I got involved and why I stay involved. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on that no thing. Um, I'm getting a little better at it, but it does take time. You just get ex so excited about different opportunities and, and everything. It is important to pick the, the ones that you're really passionate about or the ones you can think that you can make the biggest difference in. Um, so I can definitely relate to that and the fact that um, a lot of your stories, like I had you know, lots of mentors that really helped me um, a college professor of mine that's now retired, Dr. Barb Cusimano, would say, you know, it takes someone to, you have to see someone do 
to do a really good job for you in order to do a good job, right? Um, basically is how she kind of summed it up. Like, um, and it's so true when you, when you have passionate colleagues and mentors and you see them um, and they, you see what teaching and what physical education can be and you see that, that, I mean, that's all I needed to see that, wow, this is a really cool profession and it's, it's a, it's, it can be so much more, you know, every, every day, you know, trying to improve what we're doing. So, um, yeah, it was, it's all about that, that teacher leader role of just being a mentor. Um, you go your whole life thinking about the people that inspired you and you, you, you know, you can carry on those relationships and you never forget them. So that's, that's definitely a super important one. So it's really cool. Um, so we were talking a little bit about this earlier, but as far as you said, no, but tell me about how do you balance, um, you know, specific, uh, like we'll talk about three different types of balance. So your teaching responsibilities and then your professional responsibilities and then, you know, your personal responsibilities is all these things that we're trying to juggle as teachers. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the magic question, right? A typical day for me starts around 5, 5.30 in the morning and getting up and getting myself ready first. And if I get up at 5, actually having a few moments of just quiet time to reflect upon my day and, and get mentally ready and and get ready before I get my family ready. And then at 6, I have to wake up my son and um, get him ready for school and um, have breakfast and then out the door by 6.30, 6.35 if we're, we're leaving in a timely manner. And I drop off my son at his daycare and then I meet my carpool by 7 and I'm at school around 7.45. And our day begins with the students at 8.15. So um, it's a busy morning. Like if we had the right formula to that, to balance all those things, then we'd be, man, we'd be, uh, oh man, we'd be um, living it, right? That we can, we can balance all these things and all those life skills we're teaching our kids about stress management. And, uh, and that's why I'm so thankful to be a physical educator as well. It's like, okay, I've got to move. I've got to move. Today, I, I, uh, during one of my classes, I was like, oh, I haven't been moving as much today. Okay, I'm throwing on a pedometer. It's the the meter beat Mr. Sholly challenge. And I'm like jogging in place the whole time. Okay, what are you at? What are you at? What are you at? Okay, and then then the kids at the end, they do ask me, how'd you do, Mrs. Sholly? What'd you get? And I was like, oh, you guys totally beat me. But you had that you had that head start, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make that excuse. I've already got the head start. But it just that check-in back in is like, that's going to relieve my stress. What am I, what am I up to today? But, um, there was a great blog. I can't remember the title of exactly, but Michael Hyatt, he's, uh, has a lot of leadership stuff and work-life balance stuff. And it's, um, H Y A T T michaelhyatt.com. He's got a lot of great blogs. Um, and it's, it's leadership stuff, work-life balance. And one of the ones that I read from him on this whole work-life balance thing talked about how it there it's never exactly a exact science balance. Sometimes it's a little heavier on one end than the other, but he talked about how recognizing the importance of that it's a journey, it's not a one set deal. You can say no and you can say yes, and there'll there'll be this ebb and flow, and that's okay as long as you can recognize that. And then you have to give like your family the heads up, like this is a really heavy time for me on this project. Do you support me on it? And 
if it's all thumbs up and gung ho ahead, then you know you can, you you have that plan of support. So that's kind of, kind of the approach that I've taken lately, especially now um, having a child. So before, um, my first teaching career, co- teaching, coaching, taking all, I was just all in, all into everything, and I had time for that and serving on this and serving on that, and that was kind of um, throwing me all in to learn that balance of teaching um, and professional responsibilities and the personal responsibilities. And now, um, now just uh, it going 12 or 13 years into this, I realize I need to find even more of a quote unquote balance, but it just requires me checking in with myself of what really can I do and what's the time frame for it. And then to honor that. And if I can't do it well, it's just something I'm going to have to pass on or I need to say, I can't really do this well but here's what I can do. And is that still okay with that, with that entity or person that's asking me of something? And so I, I know it's, I accept that it's not going to be a perfect balance, but again, I, I say, can I do it? Can I do it? Well, if I can't, what can I do? Or maybe it's a no. And then i um, checking in with my family. Uh, here's something I've been approached to do or a committee to serve on or going to this conference to learn. There's an assessment conference I want to go to that's coming up. So that was, you know, checking with my family. Do you support me being gone these so many days? And um, then how do we figure all that out? Because it's going to be heavier on some ends than others. We just ended our our first quarter and with conferences and, um, you know, which are evening commitments and grades there's just some more time that I had to spend on those things than I like outside of my work, um, quote unquote work, you know, work official work day. And that's okay. I, I don't get as mad at myself anymore about it because I do a lot better at saying no and then ending my work day when I need to end my work day so that I can be with my family. And then um, I do a much better job than of just shutting, um, shutting down or unplugging that side so I can be in the moment. And I guess that's that's that other thing too, I think, as finding that balance is what what moment are you in right now and are you in that moment? Just like when you're in the gym or the classroom with your kids, you really have to be there for the kids. You can't be you can't be where you were yesterday or where you need to be in the afternoon. Um, always you have to be in the moment with your kids. And that's the um I think back to the fish philosophy too. That's an old oldie but a goodie of that be there. Um, type thing if you if you know of the fish philosophy and that um, that thing that's a great great one to be there and to choose your attitude and to play and it's it's a great one for me and so I think back to that but again no (laughs) no set formula but I I know it's a journey for me and I check in on myself on it all the time and if I don't my family and my coworkers let me know. Like I have a fantastic coworker that I share an office with and she's like, you said no, right? Or <laughs> she always finishes my sentence and you said no? Or <laughs> did you say yes? And I will own up to silly things. I was like, guess what? I said yes to something. Ha! Ah! <laughs> and I said, but I've got a plan and here it is. And then she laughs. She's like, sounds like you got it covered. <laughs> no, that's some really, really good advice. And I'll definitely have to check Mike Hyatt. I think I believe you said his blog and and just uh, taking a look at his stuff and it's uh, you know life uh, there's not like life usually doesn't just stay the same path you know that it's kind of like 
if you're you're in the thick of things and you're an elite athlete and you're in really really good shape that's great but i mean there's going to come a time and a period where you have to adjust your life um to a certain extent right that you you have to dial things back for a little bit um and that's that's kind of like what i think about with these different you know professional responsibilities and just being accepting um, with them and keeping your priorities straight. I think it's great thinking of, obviously you have to, your family and who, you know, they have to be okay with what you're doing and you have to give them a heads up. Right. Right. So, well, now that we, it, there is one thought and I think I had even a soundbite for it. Cause I know you asked me to, to keep a teacher journal. One of the biggest things I try and be mindful of as a teacher leader now that has um, many served many years in leadership capacities is how can I empower those around me to be leaders themselves and how can I share the leadership responsibilities and bring others along so that if I were um, gone, you know, everything would still carry on. And I think that's one thing that leaders need to remember is it's not about um, being irreplaceable because the, the truth is the show will go on and the show always must go on. So how can you leave things better than they were when you got there? And how can you help equip people around you and work together as a team so that you know that the thing's in good hands at whichever direction it goes and you've given it all to support those people that are there and lead them whether you're there one year or 20 years or 30 years there has to be someone who can step in and do what I'm doing and, and make it even better. So who am I bringing along as who hasn't fulfilled the leadership position yet, who has leadership skills, who can come along. So it's not always the same people all the time. And then later on, sometimes those people are complaining about, I've been doing this for so long. We need other people to step in. I mean, there's always those, those kind of controversial conversations going on, or we need, you know, the younger people to come along. And it's, it's this really crucial conversation that we're having right now in our association. I think that that all kind of checks into it. And so who are, who are you, if you're a leader, who are you bringing along? And so for me, who am I mentoring? Who am I showing how to find balance and talking about balance? And so that we have other people to, to, to come along with us after us so that we can all maintain balance. Because again, pitching in even that little bit helps keep everything going. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's such an important thing to remember to just, who who do we want to do even a better you know a better job than we are doing you know um, so I think that's a really really important thing to to keep in mind the whole time that we're that we're doing um, all the things that we're doing is what's gonna happen you know what's gonna happen if we're not there and there needs to be someone there you know and um, so awesome um, so you know as as I've, ha I've talk to you about, you know, doing these daily logs, um, for me, which are awesome. And I'm going to be excited to share them with everyone. Um, but you know, a big part of what I've noticed about you is that your positive attitude. And, um, so this question is kind of related to that in the sense that, you know, perseverance and, uh, uh, resilience is an important part of being a teacher and a teacher leader, you know, and, you've had a, a consistent and successful career. You know, how have you been able to maintain that, um, you know, and overcome those daily obstacles? 
of that fish philosophy, I think choosing my attitude, um, being there and, um, that, that attitude of play and to never lose your sense of play and, and enjoy what you do. And, um, and that's really been the bottom line for me. And, uh, I caught myself in a real bad funk. Just some general reflections for me from the last week. There was a lot going on. There's always a lot going on for teachers. Teachers don't just teach. Teachers wear so many hats. This week I had a unit. I was displaced by the weather and construction in our gym and the start of the week was really frustrating. It was horrible. And I let myself get down for a day or two about it. Not sure how to make adjustments as easily as I wanted to. And I just kept persevering. And then when I also chose to change my attitude, like really change it, it helped a lot. And sometimes we get stuck in that rut and we have to just say, you know what? I'm gonna be super positive today, super positive. Nothing's gonna, no matter what, no matter what obstacle, I've got this. And by the end of the week, I was really pleased with my unit. I was really pleased with my students learning and really happy to have come along and ended the week in such a positive manner. I just told my coworker finally one day, I was like, God, I've been so cranky about this. Like our heat was out. It was like 50 degrees in the gym and the locker room it was so cold. I was cold and crabby about this and that not happening. And I mean, nothing ever happens on time. Are you kidding me? Why was I even surprised? And so I had to go back to, okay, how can I, how can I have a super positive attitude? And, and it was just like, okay, that's it. I'm going to be super positive, super positive. I'm going to, I'm going to make someone's day. I'm going to, I'm going to choose my attitude. I'm going to be there. And so uh, I just, I think that really helps with my perseverance and, and resilience and then encouraging others to do the same in that. Um, it really pays it forward. And, and that just helps me on the daily stuff and keeping that end goal in mind is it's really about the kids. And so how can I keep it positive and about the kids and what can I do right now that um, helps me move forward and not think so much about all the billion things that aren't done because those things are always going to be there. So what can I chip away at that really makes a difference right now? You know, good friend and colleague of mine, Adam Howell, always says, control the controllables, right? So there's only so many things that we can control and those are the things that we have to focus on. So that's really cool. Um, so being a, uh, a national board a certified teacher like yourself, um, I believe that this it's personally helped me, uh, you know, with teacher leadership and it's something that um, the national board really, really encourages. So, how how do you think that the national board certifi certification has influenced your ability to become a teacher leader? I think that um, it has in several ways. I think it's such a prestigious thing. It's it's a lot of work to go through, and it it's really it really pushes you to reflect and to be a really really re purposeful and reflective teacher. And then it has you know, an entire module on it, on how are you a part of your learning community and how are you, how are you serving? And so when you go through that process, you're asking yourself 
all these different questions about your commitment to your students and their learning. Your that's asking you about your you know your subject knowledge and and your teaching strategies and how you're you know all these core propositions. You know how you're responsible for managing and monitor, monitoring learning. It's all these key really key fundamentals of teaching and and reflecting upon your practice and to have to go through a full year of that reflection and to videotape yourself and to um, write down journals and do a lot of writing and reflecting that that really that really pushes you to um, to think more about what you're doing and then and and to volunteer as well and we in our community were um, mentored by a wonderful um, retired teacher who was just one of the most fantastic people I've ever met. And um, she re- she really um, mentored us through that whole process. And she was a teacher leader, and she had done so many great things in our district. So again, having that example of someone who'd served in so many different capacities and then was there to push you through what where you were at and how to take you to the next level. So um, I, I would really recommend that National Board certification for anyone just as um, kind of part of that capstone of bringing your, your teacher leadership to, together in a, in a neat package and, um, and, and, and moving yourself to that next level in that if that's something that you um, have interest in, it's, it's a great process. And districts also support it you know, sometimes those stipends and whatnot, and that's always a, an added bonus. But in the end, uh, it it's a great course and certification to have that I didn't think of it as the, at the time, but it really did um, plant a seed for continuing on and being a reflective teacher and serving my profession. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more that when I was going through the process, I didn't think of it as as that, but it, it really has turned out to be that. And, um, yeah, I could, I couldn't agree more with it. It's been the, such an amazing reflective process of my, my teaching and it's really changed it. So thanks for sharing that. Um, so as far as, you know, our shape America's initiative for 50 million strong, so 50 million students, healthy and physically active by 2029. Um, how do you think teacher leadership really kind of ties into making sure that, you know, our students are going to be, there's going to be 50 million of them healthy and, and you know, um, and physically active by 2029? Well, it, it that has to start with us. It definitely, it has to start with us in um, one of my uh, favorite quotes was from a John Wooden TED Talk, and I share it at the end of my um, workshops, usually with um, teachers when I present. And he said, No written word, no spoken plea can teach our youth what they should be, nor all the books on the shelves. It's what the teachers are themselves. It starts with us. I love rhyme, so that that really rang true for me. It has stuck in my head, and it definitely starts with the teachers and the impact that we know we can have upon our students because of the relationships we can have. And so, 
We have to be a catalyst for change in the gym and in our classroom because if it's going to be a 50 million strong in every kid, again, it, it's about the whole school community. It's not just about what happens in our gym to have healthy and active kids in communities. So we, we have to be that catalyst for change. We have to start planting seeds now so that years from now when we want it, we're going to hit that, you know, that benchmark of those 50 million we've all pitched in and we've all done our part and we've all and brought others along and um that that's kind of in a nutshell what i think that means for me and the importance of teacher leadership no matter how big or how small of a role and sometimes that's the hardest thing is people think well i have to be able to do it all or i have to be doing something really big that everyone knows about no i we just I, you just start small just right here this is what i need from you and let's 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 go along one step at a time That's Jessica Shawley, everyone. Jessica, thanks so much for joining us today for this special edition of the Shape America podcast on teacher leadership in health and physical education. Uh, we appreciate all your insight, your motivation, and uh, I, I personally look forward to taking this uh, back to my school and um, working on it uh, with all my leadership projects. So, all right, everyone else, thanks for joining us today. I uh, hope you enjoyed the Shape America podcast. Take care.